On this episode, Chris and I are talking about exiting your Amazon business with Sarah Dejani from Boosted Commerce. What a great conversation we just had with Sarah. It's so cool. And that's what I love about doing this podcast is we don't ever script it. We just get on and start talking and it goes wherever it goes. Yes. And this one was great. This one was great. She was fantastic. Yeah. So so Boosted Commerce is, is an aggregator in the space right now. They're buying businesses um, and uh, Sarah's VP of operations for them. Uh, but it's just really great talking to her about the comfort level of the relationships they're having with uh, these business owners they're buying from and just how that relationship continues. Fascinating. Did, didn't expect it to go in this. And like you said, it goes anywhere because we're conversational. But really good interview for everyone to listen to who's starting a business or interested in exiting at any time. So let's dive into the interview with Sarah. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 76 of Two Amazon Sellers and a Microphone, brought to you by Solozo. Today, Chris and I are excited. We have Sarah Dejani from Boosted Commerce on with us. And Sarah, welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Dustin. Thanks, Chris. Really excited about it. Well, yeah, we are for joining us. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is hot right now. Uh, it, there's a lot of acquisitions going on in the uh, Amazon world right now. And, and as sellers, it's a fascinating topic because, uh, you know, and Chris and I, when we started, uh, the, op the idea of exiting our business wasn't really in our minds. Uh, but anybody who's starting right now, you should be building right from the get-go to sell. So that's what we want to dive into. And that's what this is going to be about. And it's really exciting. But for everyone listening, Sarah, before we get started... Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. Happy to. Um, I'm, I'm Sarah Dejani. I'm VP of Operations at Boosted Commerce, um, overseeing the, the food and um, some of our supplement brands. Um, I, I have, um, I'm part of a really great team uh, that, that, you know, doing a lot of hard work on Amazon. We're comprised of, of sellers and, you know, former CPG uh, brand experts. Um, my background is is uh, is a little bit different. I um, I started out my career in in actually um, management consulting. I worked I worked all over the world, getting to talk to like companies of all different sizes. Sometimes in tech, you know, sometimes in industrials, you know, and and you know, in all sorts of countries. It was uh, it was a great start to my career. And then I sort of settled into um, the entrepreneurial phase of my career, starting a food business. Um, it was, it was a little bit online, mostly offline. Um, and I was actually making the food myself, manufacturing it in the kitchen uh, every day. Um, and then I, and then I, I realized the importance of Amazon and got into that world, you know, in small startup brands, uh, doing organic baking mixes and frostings. And, and then also, um, in, in bigger brands, I was, I was at a brand owned by Procter and Gamble in the personal care and beauty space as well. So um, that's what's brought me here to Boosted. Okay, I gotta go over a few things real quick because I'm super fascinated by this already. So you started your own food business out of your house and or out of a kitchen and sold online? Yeah, we sold online. I and a business partner, we were in London actually, um, and we were doing pastries. Um, selling, um, we started out selling online. We were doing like a D2C business. 
And then we got picked up by a department store called the Harrods, which is like a pretty big one in London. Sure. And we're, we're doing that. So this was at the time where, you know, like the worlds of retail and D2C were, were really converging. And so we were, we were launching just during that time um, and experiencing like the trials and tribulations of, of both sides of it. That's fascinating. Yeah. And there, so I can, all, I can just think now all of the different things you have to talk, work through if you're selling food through e-commerce, oh, shipping and freshness and mm -hmm. all that. Uh, was that through your own website or was that, uh, were you selling like Amazon and stuff as well? It was, it was through my own website. Although I did toy with, um, with doing an Amazon business with, um, with a supplier abroad, um, as well. Um, and, and, and that was one of the things that brought me to Amazon, but, um, but it was, it, it was, it was pretty fresh stuff. We had, um, you know, short shelf lives. Mm -hmm. and so, you know, we were in the kitchen a lot, <laughs> um, baking a lot, like 11 hour days on our feet. Um, and so it was, um, it was, it was definitely challenging. As you all might know, you know, food is a, is a relatively low margin business as well. So, so there's that pressure, uh, you know, on top of it all. And what kind of, what kind of food item were you, were you selling if you don't mind sharing? We had, um, we had like eight or nine gourmet products. They were ranged from like cookies to loaf cakes to meringues, um, which were really fun because meringues are sensitive to humidity. So that was really, really fun oh. to make and deliver. Um, and then, yeah, on the D2C business, we also did like eclairs and stuff like that, which obviously were like, you know, one day shelf life type of thing. I'm, uh, I'm getting hungry. I absolutely mm. love meringue. Yeah, you brought it up, and now that's all I'm thinking about right now. Is well, so then we did we did stuffed meringues. So we had meringues mm. that were like stuffed with sesame paste and chocolate and like mm. all sorts of crazy stuff. <laughs> we, made, so good. we made us have to talk about this for the rest of the time. We need to stop <laughs> doing these podcasts like at one o'clock in the afternoon during lunch. I get so hungry. I know. <laughs> yeah, that's oh man, that sounds so good. Well, let's <laughs> let's uh move ahead now and in, in your story now let's talk a little bit about boosted commerce uh just let everyone know sort of what you guys are doing a little bit about just the background of the company and what's going on with with y'all right now yeah of course yeah boosted um as as many people will know is founded by keith richmond and charlie chanaratsapan who are really um two giants in their respective industries uh, keith in um in marketing and a lot of Silicon Valley uh, industries, as well as um, as well as e-commerce, and Charlie is uh, is, is sort of a, a retail king in my eyes, um, having managed a company with you know more than five thousand stores and 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 you know also a lot of employees and, and teams and. Um, they started Boosted, and there's a really cool story about it that I'll let them share one day, but um, they started Boosted uh, with this idea that, you know, a lot of Amazon sellers are, are popping up and selling these amazing businesses or starting these amazing businesses, and they're so scrappy, they're finding product market fit, and you guys are examples of this, doing the hardest thing, <laughs> finding product market fit by being, um, by being first to platform. Um, and, and really connecting the dots. It's like the entrepreneurship of entrepreneurship, right? It's just really, um, really cutting edge. And 
they they recognize that there there is a market where a lot of these sellers want to sell their businesses and um, there is an opportunity for, to bring together you know really smart brand people and grow these into you know the new kind of nestle 2.0 um, of the world with with you know fifth avenue uh, digital real estate on amazon yeah it it is a, a brand new world at least for uh chris and myself like i mentioned at the top of this um and you and you kind of hit it spot on uh, that is what we do. We find niches and we find underserved areas and we launch products. And, with, and from the seller's perspective, uh, you know, a, a real, an entrepreneur putting their heart and soul into, you know, one or two products or a brand, uh, they can really do things better, I feel like, a lot of times. And they're more invested than, than large. So, and, and then with the scale of Amazon and the scale of e-commerce now, all of a sudden, sellers like Chris and I were like, well, we have a real business now. Yeah. We, this was a side hustle, and now it's a real business. And it's it's interesting now because for a long time, it it wasn't treated that way. Like investors weren't going to throw money at somebody who they perceived as someone who was throwing products on Amazon to see what stuck. Yeah. And that's really changed recently. So it's, it's, it's really neat to see um, the investors get involved in the aggregators and just real quick, how do you see that helping the space a lot? Cause a lot of people would get, you know, they're concerned. Oh, there's now you're going to have behemoths out there, uh, that you're competing against. How do you see that evolving in the space? Yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of people, um, see aggregators, you know, just as these big companies or funds that buy Amazon businesses and, and some people probably even think of private equity when they hear about it, which is, so funny to me because I actually, you know, as a person running businesses at an aggregator, I don't even know anything about private equity. You know, as I mentioned, like I've started and run my own um, food businesses for most of my career. Um, and so um, I think the reason for that, really, that perception is because we've never seen aggregators before. And so we try to fit them into the boxes we know when really they're a consequence of a fundamental change in the retail universe, which, you know, I can talk about more, but it's a bit of a long story, I'd say. <laughs> I'd love to hear a little bit more about it though, if you don't, if you can. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so it's, it's an amazing story. It's a long one with an amazing one. It fundamentally changed the way that I saw my career and saw my work as an entrepreneur. Um, but, you know, historically, Companies like Nestle and Procter and Gamble um, had uh, consumers' attention, you know, through one thing really, the physical shelf, right? And you know, yes, they had these big TV ads and brands with huge marketing teams behind them, you know, but really, they didn't own and pay for. If they didn't own and pay for their spot on the shelf at Target, they wouldn't have had the customer. Mm -hmm. um, so it was all about owning that physical shelf because that's where the foot traffic was. Um, which is, you know, a metric that we today think of as impressions or glance views. It was just really foot traffic. Um, and, and those went into the metrics that they measured, like ACV and velocity and all of that stuff. Um, and what's important for us to remember, though, is that this was the reality for the last 50 years, right? Which meant that it was the reality for most of our lifetimes. And we really didn't know anything different. Um, so when a new company, uh, you know, like one of your companies would come and, you know, try to launch to sell, you know, cheaper garbage bags or eco-friendly eco soaps or something like that, they just failed because like without size, they couldn't get the attention mm -hmm. of Targets and Walmarts of the world, which meant they had no physical shelf presence, which meant they were dead on arrival. But then after the turn of the century, 
the digital shelf appeared. And then two fundamental shifts occurred. First, foot traffic became web traffic, right? The impressions and glance views that we're always looking at on our, on our Amazon PDPs. Uh, and second, that the flow of that foot traffic became governed first by digital ads and second by platform search pages, search engines. And if you guys are familiar with Ben Thompson of Stratechery, he has a great post really delving into the, the details on this. But, um, but what, what, he, what he essentially says and what that means is that that meant that Google and Amazon then replaced Target and Walmart. And what that also meant was that how much shelf space you took up wasn't determined by like, have you paid for that shelf space at Target? No, it, how much shelf space you took up was greatly influenced by your advertising spend, both on platform like Amazon PPC and at, off platform, you know, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. So, so going back to the beginning of the story. You know, all of a sudden, Nestle and the Procter and Gamble's of the world lost their footing. And, and, not, and that not only allowed for new companies who were digitally native and new Facebook ads and Amazons better than anyone else to win, it also allowed sellers like FBA sellers to flourish. And, and you both know this very well, you know, having gotten on the Amazon platform as sellers in, in 2015, um, which was relatively early. But, um, you know, today we see um, a, a lot of acquisitions happening in the digital space. And, those digitally native brands that I talked about who, who are really good with the Facebook ads and the Shopify websites and all of that, they've been getting snapped up by the Nestle's and Procter and Gamble's of the world because they just want to learn from these young mm -hmm. brand owners, right? And we've been seeing that for a while. But no one, as you guys pointed out, <laughs> and no one was paying attention to the FBA sellers who are not only killing it on Amazon, but who were also entrepreneurs who often were looking for exit opportunities. Um, and so that's where we come in. We're essentially the Nestle 2.0 of the world is how we like to talk about it. Because we, we not only see the value of FBA sellers, um, I mean, we, many of us are FBA sellers and we see the value in, in the platform business and we are their exit opportunity if we want that, if they want that. And so in that way, our presence has just opened up, I, I believe, this world of opportunity for that scrappy 20-year-old entrepreneur and his dog collar business, right? And it creates a great way, a gateway for these naturally talented people to then become serial entrepreneurs or to grow their business alongside us. And we have a program that we're developing internally to help them do um, exactly that. So, so, I mean, I really believe that, you know, the reward for, for being a successful seller on Amazon should not be that you're constantly fighting Amazon to protect your business and, you know, listening to every podcast that you can and like staying up at night because you don't, haven't launched a video ad yet or whatever. You know, I think the reward should be, you know, a, a lucrative exit if you want it and an entry into the world of, of best in class entrepreneurship with a company like Boosted. That just uh, there's so many things in there that we could touch on as well. Because um, one quick thing is when I was first starting, everyone's that you know, no one understood what I was doing. Like friends and family, I'm like, yeah, I'm selling Amazon. They're like, ah, oh, whatever. They thought I was like an eBay seller or something, just selling junk. Uh, but I was like, no, it's like imagine I can like walk into Walmart and put my products in the middle shelf. 
exactly. that's like that's what I'm doing, except I'm not having to make $2 million orders or do, or fulfill purchase orders. I'm just, I can just order a few hundred units and put them on there and it's working. So in that regard, you're right about that, that digital shelf. It's, it's fascinating. What else I think is interesting now is a lot of sellers are Amazon sellers. They are exiting and then they're starting over again. And they're able to do it better because they've got more capital. They've got more knowledge because mm -hmm. there's certainly challenges as you scale, as you get bigger and bigger and bigger, uh, it can be tougher. Sometimes it's smarter to exit, start mm -hmm. over, build another one. That's where sort of, at least for me, I feel like that's where my skill set and what I have fun doing is more in that, you know, the infancy stage, you know, growing and getting it to uh, adulthood and then selling. So it's really fascinating. But Let's talk about now. So Chris and I, we're sellers. People are listening are sellers. If if we're if this is our plan now, if we're either starting from scratch and we're looking to exit or we're where we are and exiting is now an option, what are some things that sellers need to be doing or thinking or mindset to prepare themselves for an exit? Yeah, I mean, I think um, I think there are a lot of things. It's important to think about um, the life cycle of your brand, uh, of your company and where it's at. Um, you know, you want it to be at a place where you have um, demonstrated growth uh, and, dem and at the same time demonstrated some stability in your business. And the reason for that is because when you approach a company like Boosted, you know, we have and, and you go through you start going through, for example, our diligence process. You know, we we have a big team of people who are looking at your business and, and trying to understand how it works because it's your baby and we want to make sure that we run it really well. So so be prepared to, to explain all of those things around where you are in the life cycle, what kind of growth you've had and why. You know, it could be like around stuff around brand registry. It could be around stuff around a killer PPC strategy. It could be, you know, you have, I, I, I listen to, to your podcast and it's, it's a lot of the stuff that you talk about on your pro podcast, right? Like why your latest new product launch strategy failed, right? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's that kind of stuff. You come in and you talk, be prepared to talk about those things and, and really show that you, you know your stuff and that you, the reasons why you've been able to demonstrate that growth and stability. Chris, we got a question that came in from YouTube. Won't you pull that up here? Because it's she kind of touched on it. Um, but the question is, is what would be a better way to grow a business slowly? Or I'm assuming just focus on really aggressively, quickly growing a business for the exit. Um, what what would is more attractive from the perspective of the of a boosted the the acquisition company? You know that question demonstrates to me that whoever asked it is um, is exactly the type of seller that is really interesting to us because if you as a seller are like, should I be growing aggressively? Or I mean, if you have control <laughs> uh -huh. over how quickly you can grow, <laughs> yeah. that says a lot. That says a lot. Most people have no control over that. You know, going back to my days when I was running my food business, I had no control over how, how frequently I got a PO Mm -hmm. my business right so i think the question in itself demonstrates a lot of control and power in your business that in itself is valuable now now getting to the question itself uh, you know slow steady steady growth versus quick growth is um it, it depends on your industry it depends on your the number of asins you have 
Um, it just it depends on how much PPC spend you put behind it. So you may, for example, I mean, one one of one of frankly, you know, dozens of scenarios could be that you decided that you're going to, um, you know, put PPC spend at a target a cost of 50% and just not worry about margin um, for the first, let's say, three to six months of your product so that you get up to that second, you know, second spot on the on the keyword search results. And then when you're there, you you've you've actually built really good fundamentals on your business in the back end where you have an amazing review base and you're you're optimizing your your cost of goods sold so that you're improving your margin over time. And if that's your story, well, fantastic. Right. Like that quick growth, even at the cost of your margin, could be a really good story to bring to an aggregator like Boosted because you're showing that you've that you've thought through why you're doing that. I needed to secure the first spot. Mm-hmm. Once I got the first spot, I'm, I know I'm going to stay there because here are my fundamentals, right? Mm-hmm. Um, versus a, a, another story you may have, you may be breaking into a really big category, for example, and you just can't, you know, use those typical levers of PPC and, and you know, the CPC bits may be too high. And so you, you can't grow that quickly. You've got to kind of chip away and wait, wait to take advantage of opportunities like when a competitor, you know, Gets suppressed or something like that to 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 shoot up in the in the rankings. I mean, there there are many there are many situations when where both could be legitimate stories. One thing I want to talk about is is uh, like what gets a boost excited. Like when when you see a seller account, and this is just you know Dustin and I's background. Like we're launching product and we're kind of steadily growing. It's we have ups and downs. One day our product goes out of stock and then it comes back in. And there's just, you know, we're just kind of fighting the good fight, right? Trying to get trying to get those products to rank, trying to sell hundreds of units a day. But it's just kind of slow. Right? It's just kind of steady. Yeah. Is there what gets boosted attention? Like if I've come to you and I'm a seller and I just got, you know, maybe a little bit of declining growth and it comes back and, and it's not just skyrocket all the way up to the top, but there's potential mm-hmm. there. What what is there that you could say, okay. We see this account, you know, if we just did A, B, and C, we could take this account from 50 grand a month in revenue to 100 grand a month just by doing a few things. Um, what, what, what are kind of those things? Yeah, there's so much there. There's so much there. This is for my own good, really. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think, you know, I think like I, like going back to the point of like fi- finding product market fit, right? Like if you are the type of per, if you're the type of seller who like, like you mentioned, like you've had you've had gr- a- any type of growth. By the way, is going to have ups and downs. Like ne- never will Boosted look at like a track record with up and downs and be like, hmm, that's not no. I mean, that's this this, you know. So it's a very reasonable um, approach to to looking at growth trajectories, but. Um, you know, there's the types of things that we can do. We have, you know, this is stuff that we hold close to the chest, but we do have, a, um, you know, a list of, of playbooks, just like dozens and dozens of playbooks on what you can do to to grow brands on Amazon. And I can talk about one that's not, and not going to be too surprising to you, but like, you guys can figure like I, I've worked as um, as you know a, an Amazon manager and for for a startup um, like new D 2 C company as well for as well as for a Procter and Gamble brand. Well, 
I have because of that a pretty good idea of how to build a good brand, like from like from a just a visuals perspective. So let's say you come to me and you have not put you don't you just haven't had the know how. You've gone to 99designs.com and said we haven't had the know-how of like how to do that focus group testing, the customer surveys, you know, those those customer decision tree uh, studies that cost like hundreds of thousands of dollars to do, right? You haven't had the resources to invest in all of that. Um, and so if you come to us, you say, well, here's my growth trajectory. It could be that one of the things we look at is we say, yeah, this is a solid business. It has, you know, slow but steady growth, good fundamentals around these, you know, metrics that we look for. And we know that if we come in and revamp the brand, and we always do that with the seller's partnership, we never do something like that without getting the go ahead from the seller, even post sale, right? We're partners all along. You're never going to see something happen to your baby that you're like, what the hell, <laughs> right? But if you're if you're up for it we can take your brand and revamp it and that alone right with the appropriate appropriate listing optimization will make it take off and then we've also got our other channels right that are even off amazon to pump that brand through and really start building that presence in a way that and this is where it gets like really cool it's 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 a way that can build your brand presence that is truly digitally native truly Fifth Avenue real estate, truly the Nestle 2.0 of the world. So that's that's just one example of, of you know, the, the dozens of playbooks we have around, around how to boost a brand is what we call it. Something that gets me kind of giddy is like, you know, sellers create a brand and they're like, oh, they fight, you know, stay up all night, you know, just the battle, just the, the battle of it. Um, but if you sell it to like a, a boosted and they take it, and what's what's after acquisition? Like, would I be surprised to see it at a Walmart someday or a Target someday? Like, like is that where we're is that where it's going to go? Like, you're going to take it to new levels where it's going to be in retail, or is it just going to be on Amazon and we're going to just stay focused and we're going to chop away at Amazon and take all that market share? Like, is that conversations that you have with sellers after they after you acquire them, or is it just like? Here, here you go, take it, now it's on you guys. Like, Those are the most exciting calls that we have with sellers because we're, cause, you know, post-acquisition, first of all, like, when they're going through the sales process, our our our, our team that does, like, some of the acquisitions, they are um, super, super smart people, um, some of whom, I, whom I've known even personally um, before joining the company, but super smart, really great people. They're like on texting relationships with the sellers. So they're like texting back and forth all the time and they're buddies, they're really buddies. And they, and on, on my side where I'm, I'm I along with, with my colleague Drew are running operations. You know, what we do is we have, we have a weekly, you know, it, the, the boring stuff, the weekly meeting cadences and all of that, but it's really about, um, building the vision, you know, we come to them, we say, this is what we, this is our plan. This is what we're going to do. And then we say, can you imagine, right? <laughs> Three to five years, this milestone, this month. And sometimes the milestone is, can you imagine seeing your baby on the shelf of Walmart? Right. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's where it gets really exciting. And that's where it's like, that, that's the thing that drive that, that really drives me in this business on the seller relationship side is like, again, like, 
you guys, the sellers, and you guys and gals are really just like the, you're the pioneers, right? You're the ones who are fighting. You're the ones who are staying up all night. You're going up against Amazon, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Like that's what your daily life is about. But once you come into the boosted family, the resources just like balloon, you know? Like I said, like New York City retail, like, you know, magnates and Silicon Valley digital marketing experts. We're, we're texting with you, <laughs> right? And so that's where it is. And it's like, hey, by the way, when you go to start your next business, here's the story, here's the framing of where aggregators sit in the space and here's how it's moving and, and changing. And these are the lenses that you're seeing happening. And here's, here's your path forward as a seller. Here's your career forward. And we are totally there to support and help guide that career if, if, it's, if it's appropriate. I mean, some people are, you know, some people are, want to wanna go sit on a beach and then so we just send them a bottle of champagne. But, <laughs> but if you want to- And then get, do it again. Yeah. Exactly. But like, go have your champagne. It's fine. We'll be here waiting. <laughs> what's, it, what's it look like after like, you know, cause I mean, guilty pleasure here. Like it would be really hard for me just to give something away that I've worked years on and I still want to be a part of it. Like I still want to have kind of skin in the game. Yeah. But what type of act was it? Is it like all or nothing or am I able to give like a percentage every year? Like creative, creative financing. Like what's that look like? Yeah. I mean, you know, without getting, I, I can't share a whole lot of details, but in general, I would say it is usually just a, a purchase of the business. Mm -hmm. um, but there are, there are a lot of ways that the, that the seller stays involved. Um, but yeah, I mean, the way, the way that I think about it is like, again, think about it. Like if you're, if you are selling to, you know, like um, a Procter and Gamble or a Nestle or something like that, right? Like, you would usually they're they're acquiring the business they might acquire some of the employees of the business as well which you know they usually call like an aqua hire type of situation but um but but in the, for the for the majority of the time we are just buying the businesses outright okay yeah. and what what does that time frame look like what does that process look like so if i come to you we have our initial contact i express interest in selling from that point on until the agreement signed and there's money in my bank. What does that, what does that look like? How much time does it usually take? Yeah, it's usually, um, I mean, we have, a, a, a we, we pride on ourselves on a, a very quick process. It's usually 45 days to close. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, you know, way faster than other industries. Um, and, and it, you know, it, the, the way it looks like is it's basically a bunch of question and answer sessions essentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's the typical what people would call diligence. Mm -hmm. so, so there's a lot of noise in this space. I mean, sellers talk to other sellers and people are, people are, sellers know like this is going on. Like we, we know that you got to spend money, right? You have a, you have time to spend the money and, and like this year, maybe even into 2022 would be like the prime time is what I'm hearing is like the prime time to, to get rid of a business and, and maybe start a new one. Um, and kind of keep flipping it back and forth. Um, where do you see it? Like, is that the same? Are you seeing it the same? Like, you know, 2021, 2022, those are going to be the prime years. You know, we're going to look back on this six years from now and be like, remember, 
when multiples were that high? Like, is that is now the time? I I like I I I'll I'll try to say you know I, I have no clue. It's just I can I whenever it gets into predicting the future, I just tend to say I don't know. Um, and I think we all kind of feel that way after the last you know year, right? Yeah, <laughs> Um, so I, I mean, I would just say I really don't know. I really don't know. I agree with you. It's really exciting. I we we certainly see those conversations happening between sellers because in a in a lot of ways we're part of the seller community too. Um, and so I think I think all of the um, this the excitement speculation is just a sign of how how big and growing and quickly growing the category is. You know, I think so. So so looking at now. It, it is exciting. It is really exciting. And the growth is there. I mean, even if you just have your business on Amazon, Amazon is growing so quickly as a platform with so many new customers. If you did nothing and just maintained your space, your business would grow, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and so I don't know what's, what's going to happen in the future. I wish I did. <laughs> that leads me to a question I was talking about. If you're, if you have a business that's just on Amazon, is is that almost more attractive to a boosted because there's growth opportunity? They haven't already grown into all the other available avenues. Is that better? Uh, you know, we we say that we acquire e-commerce businesses, so we it the space has happened to 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 be branded as like an Amazon aggregator space just because so many of the businesses are so heavy on Amazon. And it takes a lot, as everyone knows, to, to understand a platform. But we are an e-commerce aggregator, so yeah, definitely. You know, we always look at at other channels, and and you know, whether for brands coming in or for you know expanding and growing our existing brands. I got something. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, like, you're ready to go. So go. <laughs> so we create relationships with vendors. Like we're you know we create relationships with our manufacturers. We create relationships with our photographers all these people that like that make the business like their listings um you know we want to make sure sellers want to make sure like that that's a seamless process like yeah. if i have a manufacturer i work with and i've worked with this you know this manufacturer for years i hand it over i want to make sure you know that i think you understand what i'm saying we want to make sure that that is yeah, the yeah. right way like what's that look like yeah for those listening and i'm smiling a lot like from the beginning of chris's question because um we have like a full team dedicated to this <laughs> and um and it, it is completely seamless and it's just funny i i just i just think about it because in the first days of any brand joining our platform a lot of my time personally is spent on the vendor management um and making sure that like you mean like i i get it right like i i had my own food business i know like how important those relationships are and especially if you want to start another business later and it's your reputation as well. I mean, all of that stuff is really, really important. Um, and um, and so we just, you know, we we basically try to make it so that the vendors and 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 partners feel as if nothing has happened almost in the business. You know what I mean? Like for for them, it's like you know they're still getting paid exactly on time in the way that they want. They're still getting communications and at the same cadence. I mean, sometimes even they're still getting communicated from the same people. It's super smooth. It's super smooth. And then if there's, and then it's all, always up to, to, to seller guidance. I mean, some sellers are like, this was the best supplier I could get. 
because I'm not big enough. But that's the one that I wanted for my business. Then it becomes interesting for them and, and it becomes wanted that, no, we, we want you guys to actually change that relationship. And then we can go do that. And that, that falls into that playbook of things that we can do to, to grow the business. That's really, I mean, I'm, what I'm getting from this conversation, which is really, it's great to be getting this, this feeling is that there's, there's a relationship going into this. Like you, when, if we're looking to sell and we're going with you guys that all parties are going to be cared about. Like we're working as a team to make this the best way to go. Cause it, that, that just Chris's point. Yeah. I mean, it, you, I mean, I, my supplier flies out to see me sometimes from China, you know, it's like, I, I don't want to sell and be like, Oh, he's out. We can find, you know, a, a cheaper place or whatever, like immediately where it's just ruining that relationship uh, and all the other vendors. So that's, I like, I, it's comforting to see that this, this is the approach uh, and it's really an intentional approach that's being taken uh, by you guys to, to make this process seamless. Well, it's but a really, big deal. Like it's, a, yeah, it is. It's, it's your supplier that you went out and found and now you yeah. negotiated, you got a product, they built a business. And then like, just to like hand that off, I mean, kind of, kind of freaks me out, but I'm glad that she, I'm glad yeah. Sarah is kind of making me feel better. Well, yeah, I mean, and just just so you, you Chris and, and Dustin know, like I, I, I told you guys I started out my career in management consulting and I was kind of flying around the world and stuff. I had a food blog at the same time because I, I told you that's kind of I'm all about food. And yeah. so um, what I did was I, um, I, I took advantage of like the privilege of being able to, to go to different countries to speak with entrepreneurs on the ground. And I wrote about it in my blog. And these were all like again, small, scrappy entrepreneurs. And I wrote and I wrote up their stories. I, I think at some point I was writing every single day. And um, the there would be stories about like this guy living in Jordan, importing coffee, um, like really high quality coffee, one of the first guys in Jordan to do that. And he would talk about the frustration of importing green coffee beans from this amazing supplier and then having the customs agents like hold it on a sunny hot tarmac wow. and have the beans start to roast in the bags before he could get it into his roasters. And those of you who love coffee know that this is like catastrophe, right? I mean, those, I wrote like does I had dozens of interviews like that before even starting my own business. Mm -hmm. And so like, like I get it. I know the, I know the pain. Like I, I've lived it, you know, like it's, and many of us have, at, at boosted. Um, and so this stuff is like, you know, if you, if your hair is on, would be on fire, our hair would be on fire too. Right. If you guys couldn't sleep about it, we probably aren't sleeping about it either. <laughs> well, it's just, it's so good to know. I mean, that just makes this whole process seem, uh, so much smoother, more comforting. Uh, it's mm -hmm. like we've Chris and I said this before. I mean, this is your baby. When you start a business, you are, yeah, I mean, I've got two boys and I've got my my wife and my business. And I, it's like, there's, you love it. You love what you're doing and it's hard to part with. So knowing that this is the way it's taken care of is is great. Um, and also, I, we just really appreciate all this time that you're spending with us to go over this stuff. And, and I know that we've spent a lot of time talking about it, but real quick, what would be one thing that you would tell someone who's looking to, to exit? Like what's, what's something that's so important to make sure you have in order uh, before you start looking to reach out to aggregators? Mm -hmm. Make sure um, that you 
understand why you're selling really deeply understand why you're selling and what you want out of the sale. And when you do that, research who you're going to sell to because they're going to be your partner. They're not, they're not, it's so easy to think like these are just, this is a transaction, but it's not, they're going to be your partner. So look for the people who you think will get you and who will support you and who will be good partners. Be, be right. So it's a, it's a little bit of a soul search, right? What do I really, really want out of this? And what? how do I want this to shape my career? That's a great answer. Uh, mm -hmm. that's different. That's a different answer than uh, I was expecting or, or have heard in the past about, you know, that's totally different than making sure all your accounting is in order or something like that, where it is more transactional minded. Um, yeah. So I, well, I love that on all those things we can help on all those things you know i mean that's something that you know you got again you're it's one person you're pioneers in this space you are not expected to be ready to sell to a proctor and gambler or nestle you're expected to be ready to sell to a boosted um and we're and we're your partners in that in that process so i mean accounting and all that stuff trust me we can help <laughs> that again is also comforting just because that's a lot of i think that would be a, a nervous point for that that may you know, be something that would i would be concerned about is do i have every you know have i been doing my accounting exactly the right way uh you know for the last seven years to make this look like it's the right thing to sell i mean oh yeah so many things in this business that you can you're, you're not always focused on and it's uh you can't manage it like uh Fortune 500 company or something. Of you know, course, well, and you're not expected to. You're not mm -hmm. expected to. It's just an un unrealistic expectation. Yeah, no, I mean, we, we, I, you know, I, I always just defer like to speaking about ourselves, but like we can, we can help with all that stuff. It's really more about like, what do you want to get out of this? What is your future going to look like for you as, as a, as a, as an entrepreneur starting, starting or continuing your career? And for your business, um, which is, you know, after being sold to Boosted, is going to go through a pretty cool inflection point. Um, and what do you want that inflection point to, to end up uh, turning into five years in the future? Well said. Well, anybody listening right now, if they would like to get this process started or if they want to reach out to you, how do they get started uh, or get in contact with you or Boosted in general? What should they do? Um, feel free, to, especially if you're selling um, a business in um, the food or ingestible space, feel free to reach out to me directly, Sarah, with an H, at BoostedCommerce.com. Uh, or you can go to our website, uh, BoostedCommerce.com, and we have a, a, a very easy form to fill out to, to get you uh, uh, started on the process right away. Awesome. Yeah, well, I encourage everyone to do that. Anyone who's in this is thinking about this right now, Definitely, definitely reach out to Sarah and the, the team at Boosted. Uh, Sarah, this has been absolutely fantastic to have you on. Uh, we'll have to do this again. There's so much. We could dive into so many, like, go down different rabbit holes. Uh, there's so much to talk about. Uh, but this has been absolutely fantastic. And for everybody listening right now, if you like this kind of content, we go live almost every day with the podcast. We live stream it to Facebook. YouTube. You can see all the videos on the Solozo YouTube page. And also make sure you like the Facebook Solozo page and turn on notifications so you know when we go live with awesome people like Sarah. Um, 
Also, you can always listen to us on the podcast. So whatever podcast platform you use, we are there. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast as well there and leave us a review if you can. An honest review, as Amazon sellers are trained to say. <laughs> to leave us an honest review, uh, <laughs> for sure. But reach out to Sarah, boostedcommerce.com, and we will be back at this again tomorrow. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day. Thank you.